take me five minutes to figure out which way to put my dang headphones in. <laughs> which one is it? I was talking with the ladies next door about my trip to California last year because we were talking about when I got my wisdom teeth out, what all I was doing at the house. Going crazy. Yeah. And I said, a lot of the times I was watching the Golden Girls, because that's just what you do. Oh, yeah. And she's like, well, how much Golden Girls do you watch? And I was like, how much is too much? (laughs) (laughs) Because I watched just underneath that. All of it. And then I admitted that I was like, when I was out in California last year, I went with our audio engineer. And while we were there, I made him go to this neighborhood. There's this house I want to look at. So we go out to this neighborhood. It's a neighborhood. Like, it's not a big, huge area. It's like an upper middle class. Like, they're not like mansions, but they're very nice. Yeah, and there's like sidewalks and stuff like that. I've never been there, but I know a lot about the Golden Grove. Yeah, so this house near LA is, of course, the Golden Girls house. It's where they film the outside of the Golden Girls house. So I made it's not in Florida for those of you that yeah, didn't know it's that. It's not in Miami. It's a complete fabrication. So I made him drop me off outside the street because they put a huge fence, like a huge gate around oh, yeah. it. So you can't see it from the road. The gate is about six foot six. <laughs> they thought they can prevent people from getting over it. And I was like, mm. puny mortals. Yeah. So, you know, I'm six foot nine and I'm going to go see over mm-hmm. this fence. I am in California yeah. and this house is right here. And I'm getting a picture of it. And <laughs> this is, we'll say I was there for other reasons. The real reason was for me to get a picture of this house. People are very bold. Like, yeah. they had to put a fence over the driveway because people were walking up yeah. to the people that bought the house because it was up for sale like two years ago, I believe. They had never heard, never seen, or anything of the Golden Girls. So when they bought Bless it, Bless their hearts. People, even the realtor did not tell them. So they bought it and started. I think they painted it white. It looks nothing like it used to. I Shame. could still tell. I could oh, still yeah. tell it was the Golden Girls house. So anyway, I go up to the gate and stand above the gate. My head is like sticking over it. And there's this lady who is <laughs> who's sitting on the porch. Not expecting a giant. Yeah, and she looks up at me with these frightful eyes because <laughs> she's never in her life seen someone who can look over this fence. Right. And she just is staring at me, and I look at her, <laughs> and I just gave her a nice smile with my dimples, and I was like, you already know that you bought the Golden Girls house. You've been told, and you put a fence just up. Just embrace it. And then I brought my little phone up. <laughs> With her in the, with her, and I photoshopped her out of it eventually. Right. And I took a picture of that house. And then I brought my camera back down and I said, have a good day. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And then I walked back out and then Brent swung back around and picked me back up. And I told Brent what happened. And he's, are you afraid she's going to call the police? And I was like, for what? Taking a picture of a house from the sidewalk? That's not illegal. He's like, but you just took a picture of this lady's house. And I was like, she knows now what house she bought oh yeah and I'd it's put not a my sign fault up, take yeah. a picture just don't touch and anything. i didn't post the photo until i removed her from it right. because i was kind Privacy. enough to do yeah so that was my picture of the golden girls but do you remember i went to the graveyard estelle gettys yes, yes i went to the hollywood graveyard oh. i went up to estelle's grave and i facetimed josh and i was like hey josh i have someone here who i'd like you to meet <laughs> And then I turned the phone around and Josh just started crying. I'm he, pretty sure you were in like your robe and you had a mask on or something. Probably. He is like the world's best gay man's <laughs> brother. <laughs> yeah. He was like crying. What other straight really brother cute. would FaceTime you at Estelle Getty's right. headstone? It was so cute. <laughs> it was really funny. I mean, I had to go to, of course, to the cemetery to find her. That was my highlight being in L.A. Of course, everyone has their own highlights. My highlights was finding the Golden Girls house and finding Estelle's grave. That would be top priority if I ever went there. You can see the Hollywood sign from her gravestone. Oh, Yeah, sometimes when I'm watching the Golden Girls in my Golden Girls bedroom with my Golden Girls blanket and pajamas and socks, and I still laugh, I think, this is such a good show. I've seen it enough to where I know it almost line for line, and it still cracks me up. I know. Anytime I'm watching it, I always know the next line. Yes. So I will pick up people just walking in here like they <laughs> own the dang place. 
So I always know the next line. So I will always like be able just to repeat it before it ever gets there. Right. But I yeah. still laugh. Oh yeah. Always have to. And I use some of them in my everyday language. <laughs> yeah. I always like to use the, one of my favorite lines is eat dirt and die trash. Yes. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. Of course, every once in a while you run across someone that has never seen the show and they're like, I can't believe you just said that to them. I know. And calm just, down, Frida you imagine their sheltered life if you don't know who the Golden uh, Girls is. Uh. My favorite part about the Golden Girls, though, is no matter what's going on in the world, no matter how high food prices are or who in your life is doing you dirty, you can go home and you can put on the girls, and your whole life is just better. As soon moment. as I hear that, dun, 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 mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm relaxed. Everything is better. <laughs> Everything is better when the girls are on. And I love watching it, too, since it's an older show. They don't have, like, cell phones or they're just yeah. living their lives and enjoying it. And I try to take a little bit of that with me. Don't look at a screen. Look at, mm-hmm. enjoy your life. I will say there are two episodes of the Golden Girls that I find really awkward. One of them is the pilot. Yes. Because it has the man. The gay chef. Yeah. And the he reason. He test well. The whole reason why they put him in it was because the original executive producers of the show, the men, they thought we can't have only women because no one will watch it. Sophia was supposed to be like occasional guest Yeah, just, just only a guest. So they ended up creating this Blanche had a gay butler. Yeah. And so if you watch the pilot, there is a full-time character who is the gay butler of Blanche in it. But it's so funny when you watch it because he is so awkward in it because, like, you have these other characters who seem like they all just have this charisma with each other. Mm -hmm. And then this random man walks in and it just goes to show you, like, how much those women were meant to be working with each other. Their chemistry. Yeah. And then even when... Estelle Getty walks in with her character, Sophia. Like, she blends in really well with the girls. But then suddenly the butler will walk in and you're like, boy, he's a little odd. Like, this is so weird that they're just throwing him in here randomly. And his jokes are, it's very like Dorothy style. So I feel like they just, we can give all of his lines to Dorothy. She's got it. And And it's an afterthought, it seemed. We need to add a man to this scene. So let's just go ahead and throw him in. That's just, that's how I perceive that entire pilot. So it's always really awkward. The other episode I do not like watching is the last episode. I was just about to, I can't watch it. No, anytime I'm watching the whole thing, I'm like, well, I'm not watching the last episode Mm -hmm. because I don't feel like being depressed. I don't watch the last season. I do, but the least amount, I'll watch the Golden Palace before Mm. I watch that one. But the last, as soon as I see Blanche's uncle and like that yeah. crab restaurant's about as far as I can go. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I can't, I, and I can't see that toilet paper roll dress that Dorothy wears either. Mm. That's bad enough. Yeah. But yeah, I, I can't watch the last episode no, either. It just makes me so depressed. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, they're leaving. I can't do it's it. It's over. I can't do it. But then the Golden Palace. <laughs> yeah. Which it's not the same because it's not all the girls and they're the, not in the same chemistry. But it's still good. I still like it. Yeah. My favorite's when Dorothy comes to visit for mm-hmm. those two episodes. Yeah. Sophia goes to Shady Pines and it's like a five-star resort. Yeah. <laughs> what I love, though, is when I talk about the Golden Palace and people are like, I don't know about it. I'm, I never heard about it. I've, I know about the Golden Girls, but I didn't know. Eat dirt and that, die, trash. Right. I didn't. Like A lot of people don't realize that three of them went on after the Golden mm-hmm. Girls to filmed the golden palace for a lot of episodes like 20 something episodes i yeah. think it's I think all it was on two youtube seasons wasn't it i believe so or just one long season yeah yeah it's all on youtube basically they sell the house and they buy a hotel on and the beach. ends up not being the opportunity they thought uh-huh. they have to work it and i think i'm horrible at names one of the one of cheech or chong i think it's cheech he plays the chef in it mm-hmm. and oh it's hilarious yeah. donald cheatham is in it Yeah, yeah, I really do like it. I think it's really funny, and so I'm glad that we have it. So, yeah, I'm glad that we especially now that they're gone. I know. (laughs) 
Josh, don't even get Welcome to the today. Mystery Inc. Golden Girls special. <laughs> I know. Thank you for being a friend. Da-da-da-da. That song will be stuck in my head all day now. It's, it's always living there, honey. Thank you for being <laughs> a friend. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Travel down the road and back again. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the lives of Shane and Josh, where... We don't realize that we have mics in front of us. This is just our daily lives. Oh, we're, I'm so used to something in my face just hanging right there. <laughs> just block it out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Amazing grace. You need some church. <laughs> I Josh did I, a whole episode. About I know. Not to advertise Josh's episode, but I was scheduling it for you yesterday. So it will already have been out for a few weeks before this one goes out Proud for listeners to, to hear it but you should tell people about it and i love how you mentioned our grandma in it so josh wrote an entire episode for his other podcast rotten to the core about king james of england who commissioned the king james version of the bible right and how he, don't come at me for this how he allegedly don't I, hate i believe it but allegedly was a flaming queer basically <laughs> <laughs> More femme than me, if you believe it. Actually, when I did his description, I'm like, ooh, he sounds a lot like me. A lot like me. Like every description, I'm like, this is this me? It's such a funny story, too. I really love how you put it together. I was listening to it yesterday as I was scheduling it. I had no idea who King James was or that he was even a person until I believe I was in college, maybe. I went to go purchase a Bible and I did not realize that there were multiple different forms oh, yes. of the Christian Bible. And so I get to this Christian bookstore, which if you've never been in one, just for pure research, you should go into one. One had a Noah's Ark playground inside of it. And just for you listening, Josh and I are not practicing as much as we talk about Christianity and things, people are probably thinking we're going to church every weekend. And we stuff just like grew that. up with it. Yeah. So this is where our knowledge comes from. But anyway, so I had went to go look at Bibles, right? And this was before I gave up on going to church. <laughs> this was back before I was sinning. But anyway. I stopped going after we stopped eating out afterwards. <laughs> no Long John Silvers or Captain D's. Right. No, thank you. So anyway, so I ended up going to the Christian bookstore, and I did not realize that there were so many different versions of the Bible. I just always assumed there was one Bible. You there know? is was in our household. Right? <laughs> so I had called my grandma, and I was like, Grandma, I'm trying to buy a Bible, but there are a lot of different versions of the Bible. And she's like, King James. Only that's the King it. James. Don't you only do the King. The other ones are not right. <laughs> they are sinning. <laughs> you need the King James. I only do the King James. Yep. And I was like, okay, I guess we're only doing King James. <laughs> Don't even look at the others. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll look at the King James. Then I got to thinking, who is King James? Right. And then I started looking and then I was like, oh, there's people who have theorized that he was a homosexual. Mm-hmm. And I like to say that word, homosexual. Homosexual. He was a homosexual. Homosexual. Yeah. So then I learned all about him and the theories around him and had a jolly old time. I did not mention that to our grandmother. No, no I wouldn't put that episode out if she was still alive right? either. <laughs> well, Only thing I'm afraid of in this world. <laughs> as much as we talk about her on this show, we're glad that she is not around to beat our butts. Right, because she would. <laughs> She's like, get on the floor, I'm going to whoop you ass. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bless her heart. But yeah, no, I, I really did like that episode. It was really good. You, I put a lot of energy and effort into it and I took a I felt like I took a very sensitive topic and made it quite funny. Yeah, it was really good. Did you like my voices? Yeah, and I like how you mentioned how we used to play Benny Hand yeah, in the pool. Take the anointing. Yeah. Josh and I would play as young children as children do, you play Power Rangers. Mimic what you see on TV. Yeah. And one of our superhero characters that you could pick was Benny Hand because he could make people basically pass out in front of you. Yeah. So then we would make people pass out in the pool. I'd be that kicking lady from Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. The hee And Shane would be Benny Hinn. And I was yeah. always a girl, usually. Pink Ranger, whatever. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> or the Yellow Ranger. And our grandma would yell out the little garage door. You boys knock 
that off. That's blasphemy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she didn't think that was too funny, did she? <laughs> yeah, she didn't care for that. Mm-hmm. Didn't see no harm in it. Bless our hearts. We might find out someday. We <laughs> might find out someday. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Warren down here? <laughs> so, Josh, would you like to have the honor of giving us our first topic? Yes, I would. I am quite excited about it. It's one of my little favorite hyperfixations. I love a good apocalyptic story. Mm. One of my favorite movies are 2012. Like, give me a good end of the world. The world is going to explode movie. And I am all there. I don't know why it relaxes me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Trauma, line one. I started off with, we're all going to die. Oh, my gosh. Just kidding. At least I hope so. My mystery for today takes us to one of the most unique and beautiful places in the United States, Yellowstone National Park. Home to a wide array of animals and the most breathtaking natural views, especially if you hike with me, I'm out of breath faster than a hooker on payday. Oh my lord. I should know. Off topic, (sighs) do you have any chapstick? I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just... (laughs) I thought of that when I was writing my little note. A detective came and knocked on the door, and I said, is it Renee? And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask... Did you kill Renee? American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Inside the park, you will find the largest herd of buffalo in America. Wolves, elk, grizzly bears, and Yellowstone is home to more geysers and hot springs than any other place on Earth. Well, if you're a fan of nature like I am, you will already know that usually the most beautiful things are often shrouded with danger. That big, beautiful tree you want to climb, covered in poison ivy. That cliff you want to go down and sit under that waterfall, snakes in every crevice on your way down. Yellowstone National Park also sits on top of one of the world's largest supervolcanoes. Where do you think all those geysers come from? To put some perspective on exactly how large the supervolcano is, the world's largest volcano dwells in Hawaii. Its name is Mauna Loa, and its caldera is around 3 miles by 2 miles in size. A caldera is the depression from a volcano's last eruption that collapses in. Basically, it's the mouth of a volcano. I didn't realize that the biggest volcano was in Hawaii. Yes. That's pretty cool. That's where the entire islands come from, basically that one volcano. Mm. Well, the supervolcano in Yellowstone has a caldera close to 30 miles by 45 miles. And again, that's just the mouth. 
The rest of the subterranean supervolcano lies hidden under most of America's western portion. But the danger lies nearest the caldera. And for one that size, that means if it were to erupt, the danger zone would encompass an area that stretches all the way to us here in Indiana. Aside from the initial blast, lava, ash, and everything else horrible that comes with volcanic eruptions, the entire world would suffer from an eruption from the beast sleeping beneath Yellowstone. First, the earth would begin to shake as the pressure built up underground, beginning weeks or months before as rocks and magma began to rise towards the surface. The ground would start to rise and fall several inches as the pressure continued to build. Eventually, when the volcano reaches hot, steamy fruition, the pent-up caldera... I'm just shaking my head over here. (laughs) I was trying to think of a good way to say it, and I I was watching the Golden Girls, and Blanche came on. The pent-up caldera would shoot its load, shooting out with a force equal to over 1,000 Hiroshima atomic bombs exploding every second. Now that's terrifying. Oh good, now I'm not going to be able to sleep. (laughs) Right, right. We would survive the blast, like the blast would not hit us. We would get impacted by the ash. Yes, Hmm. we would be impacted majorly by the ash and blocking out of the sun. The initial blast would be so large and powerful that anyone within 600 miles of the caldera would be instantly vaporized. Mm. Those who did survive would now face the superheated ash that now completely filled the air and blocked out the sun, putting everyone that was left alive into darkness. Ash that is filled with microparticles of heated rock that when breathed in creates a cement-like mixture in the human lungs, and you would suffocate more every breath you took. But wait, there's more! (laughs) Homes, businesses, and other buildings would begin to collapse from the weight of the heavy ash. Now, when we think of ash, we may picture something like dust, lightweight and harmless, as long as I take my allergy pill. But it would actually take less than a foot of ash to completely collapse a building. The initial blast would be devastating, but those who died instantly would turn out to be the lucky ones. All of that ash from Yellowstone would begin to fill the entire world's sky and eventually block out the sun, causing the Earth's temperature to drop by around 10 degrees, resulting in starvation due to crop failure, pollution of water, or just dying from exposure to our new, colder, cloudy, poisonous habitat. The effects of the eruption would cause a global catastrophe that would last up to a decade or more before the ash cleared enough for the sunlight to return things to normal. Now, the Yellowstone caldera has erupted three times in the last two million years. The supervolcano has had an eruption schedule of around close to every 600,000 years. The last two eruptions occurred approximately 664,000 years ago, and the eruption before that was 636,000 years before that one. The past eruptions were powerful enough to completely engulf and destroy a over 50-mile-long mountain range in an instant. The magma chamber literally swallowed the 50 miles of mountains Like that. I snapped my fingers. Now I'm exactly the opposite of a math expert, as Shane knows very well. But that would mean, based on the last two explosions, that we are 28,000 years overdue for the next blowout. Yoo-hoo, big summer blowout! (laughs) Experts from around the world have been keeping their eyes on the supervolcano, and after over 30 years of research they have classified the Yellowstone caldera as currently dormant. If you are a history buff like myself, you might have heard about the year without a summer back in 1816. It was caused by a large volcanic eruption that lowered the entire Earth's temperature by one degree, resulting in a year-long winter globally. Not ideal. It is estimated that the ash cloud spewed forth from Yellowstone would lower the global temperature by up to 
10 degrees. Just one degree was enough to plunge the entire world into a year-long winter. 10 degrees would be like a decade-long ice age. No, thank you. No kidding. The 1816 year without a summer was caused by the largest recorded volcanic eruption in human history. The culprit was the volcano Mount Tambora on the island of Sumbawa in Indonesia. Yellowstone's supervolcano would be more than 10 times the size of the eruption of Mount Tambora. Scientists say that we should be in the clear from an eruption from Yellowstone for at least the next 10,000 years. While Yellowstone doesn't look like it'll blow anytime soon, it's only one of several supervolcanoes dotting the planet. That list includes the Long Valley Caldera in California, the closest one to Yellowstone, the Toba in Indonesia, and Anta Ingambrite in Chile. Hmm. I probably butchered that, but <laughs> pardon me, I'm sorry. I would have done a lot worse, I promise you. One supervolcano to keep an eye on is the Campi Flagre in Naples, Italy, which has been stirring since the 1960s. Some researchers believe that an eruption there 39,000 years ago led to a prolonged cold snap that finally did in the Neanderthals. But scientists say it's hard to know yet whether Flegre is really waking up or just snoring. The caldera from the last explosion at Yellowstone was filled in with ash and smoothed over by the weight of glaciers and their eventual melting. Today it lies hidden underneath lush green forests, occasionally burping up traces of what lies beneath with natural wonders such as the geyser Old Faithful. All of today's science and technology, but if I lived near Yellowstone's supervolcano, I would maybe have a doomsday plan prepared just in case. If you wake up one day and you notice all the animals have left and you hear no birds... (laughs) Honey, just lie down on the ground and try to relax. You're about to see something no one else ever has before you're vaporized. Right. When, not if, the Yellowstone caldera decides to explode, the world, especially America, would be devastated. But it would eventually heal, and the sun would yet again shine down on us. Those who survived, anyway. That is such a good story, Josh. And I've always wanted to go to Yellowstone. Me too. I've been to a bunch of national parks. I did a whole national park series. I hate him for that. Last year (laughs) on my history podcast. But Yellowstone, I was supposed to go to it, but they had all that flooding out there. Yes. So I ended up not being able to go because literally the main road flooded and washed out. So (laughs) Of course. Yeah, and I had like tickets to all the hotels and stuff they did reimburse you or like canceled rooms and everything but like how odd like the very week that i'm supposed to be there that freaking happened <laughs> now we can go as a business expense there you <laughs> go. if you would like us to go to, to yellowstone, yellowstone national park would you please let us know please everybody <laughs> right I'll write that off <laughs> josh before we get started on my topic i thought it would be fun i have just a question that i wrote up that I thought would be fun oh, to, Jesus. to ask you. I know. I just wanted to know your answer to, to oh, this God. question. Are you ready? Not really. You never know what's coming from you. Okay. The reason I asked the question, do you remember the time that we were at the Newcastle Park and we were really young and we went out and we did what you're not supposed to do? Like we know this as adults now, you're not supposed to feed the animals. Oh yeah, the geese. Yeah, but there was geese out there. And we were really young and we had bread. We wanted to feed the poor animals because we had extra bread. So we brought the bread down to feed the the geese. Do you remember what they did? Didn't they attack us? They attacked you because you were the closest ones to them. Okay. I ran away fast enough. I'm like, I remember being, like, as you're telling me, I'm like, I remember being bit by geese. Yeah. They like (laughs) flocked to you and attacked you. And they're like seagulls. You feed one, they all just. Yeah. And someone had to run in and grab you out from. The pack. That, okay. Um, it's flooding back to me, and that's <laughs> we why. We were really young. 
We That's why really I don't mess with no geese. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, they get I so them, brave. Uh, especially Canadian geese. Yeah. Uh-uh. And they just walk across the road like they own the place. The hiss. They're like, we ain't afraid of no cars. Mm-mm. Nothing. I don't, anything that hisses at you. I, geese, I've been attacked by geese. A possum hissed at me once. Everyone's like, oh no, they play dead. You don't have to be worried about them. And I went to go get a wheelbarrow of wood from grandma's barn when we were younger for the wood stove in the winter and lo and behold there was a possum in there and i'm expecting it to just fall over and play dead like everyone said they do no other thing got on its hind legs and hissed at me right oh i probably deafened it though with my little girl scream (laughs) i was famous for that as a child like that if name with something about josh as a little kid and my mom would be like his screaming. You know, I did a couple of years ago. So I lived in this neighborhood and I was in the backyard and I'm terrified of snakes. Same. I think I'm, a, I don't know if I told you this story. I was so embarrassed by it, but we had this neighborhood app. I was doing something in my yard. I had tripped over the water hose <gasps> and I thought that I saw a snake I ended up just being a stick. That's why I always pick my water hose up. Yeah. I don't like anything on the ground. Snakes could hide. Well, and it was over by my shed. <laughs> oh, so I thought that this stick was a snake and it was like by my face. <laughs> so I immediately scream and it was this high pitch little girl scream. Mm, no I realized for me. Right. I realized that it was a snake. No one else was home. No one else knew about this. And I thought no one's ever going to know that this happened. This is going to be a little secret. <laughs> now he's I'm telling everyone. <laughs> I know. I'm locking it away. It's been long enough. And so I go back in my house. Everything's fine. About five minutes later, I get this notification on my phone from that neighborhood <laughs> app. And one of the old Bettys Somebody's in my little girl okay? Someone, did someone hear the little girl screaming? Does anyone know what that was? And I just thought, O-M-G. My niece now, saw a snake. Yeah, so you have all these people who are commenting on this thing, hearing this girl scream. <laughs> and they're wondering like where it came from. They're trying to pin it down. And I'm like, do I confess that it was me and that it was a false alarm? And it was, I thought it was a snake and it was a stick. And I was just like, do I just go ahead and let them know that? It, and then I was just like, nope, not doing it. Nope. So they I all were trying to it. figure it out. And I just completely, <laughs> yeah, the mysterious little girl screamer is still on the loose. Yeah. Oh. They have no idea where it came from. Thoughts and prayers. But there was like hundreds of comments <laughs> by that evening. And people don't have a life. Oh, no. My the, God. The, it, it was, yeah, there was a bunch of retired people. Oh, okay. So they were, it was like in the middle of the day. So most of the people who would be, who should be working would be working. But it's so, a slow it news a fun, day when a, yeah, it was a fun, fun evening. And I was like trying to debate with myself. Do I confess to this? Do I not? And I'm nope. like, nope not doing it but then like a couple hours had gone by that i was like if i would confess now they're gonna be mad that i didn't already confess and then they're going to be like we don't believe you, you that know? was a girl yeah who do you have in your shed no i don't so I ended up. okay so josh back to the geese thing okay would you rather fight and you have to pick one you can't just do the non-answer of neither would you rather fight one Horse-sized geese. That's terrifying. Or 10 geese-sized horses. Geese? (laughs) I'm going to go with the horses. (laughs) 10 geese-sized horses. 10 little tiny horses versus one giant goose. Would you rather fight one giant goose or 10 small horses? 10 small horses. Yeah, no debate. (laughs) Okay. I played with those as a little girl. I'm like, oh. (laughs) That's true. It's like the Indian in the cupboard. That's My true. dollies are coming you alive. Would. Oh, you'd be like, let me come here, let me pet you. Right. I'm gonna go get my carriage. Oh my gosh, be riding around town. I Check guess me I didn't out. think that Josh would be like the <laughs> I'd be playing with it. <laughs> no, I'd get a carriage, Cinderella. Hello. I was in Nashville last year, Nashville, Tennessee, and I was at this bar, and they had trivia going, and everyone in the bar play trivia that day so i got roped into playing trivia with these random people i'd never met before i'm so competitive i won the winning question because i grew up with a gay brother (laughs) so the question was what was barbie's 
second most popular animal that she was shipped with. Mm. And they told us that it wasn't a dog. So I believe that the question was like the second most popular, but it might have been the most popular. They just told us it wasn't like a dog. Right. Something like that. And so I immediately was like, oh, a horse. Josh had a bunch of Barbies and horses. So I was like at my table and I was like, and like we were all men. And I was like, horses, let's put horses. And they're like, Barbies weren't shipped with horses. You put and the I was damn like, horses. I was like, look here. My brother is gay. And I swear to you, he had only Barbies and horses. <laughs> we're putting horses. And they're like, we're going to lose. Like, we, this is a big deal. And I was like, we're putting Horses. horses. I'm the biggest person <laughs> on this team. We're putting horses. We're putting horses. <laughs> so we put horses. We're the only team that got the answer right. Everyone else put cat or Everyone something. put cat, yeah. And so we got the question right, and everyone was just like, wow, you, you know your Barbie stuff. And I was like, thank you, Josh. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> My pleasure. It was really funny. Yeah. yeah, growing up, I can like, whenever I picture us as a little boy and a little girl, I like... I picture us out on the back of Grandma's house playing on the rock. Mm-hmm. We call, It was where she kept her wood-burning stove. It was on our big, huge rock. And we'd play on there. And Shane would be playing with his airplanes and Hot Wheels. And I'd have my Barbies. And I can just feel the stares from, like, Uncle Benny. And uh, just the uncle. disappointment. Like, right. oh, there ain't no hope for that one. <laughs> I know. And then people were surprised when... All I did was braid my horses and Barbie's hair. I remember I even stuck a blanket down the back of my pants and walked on all fours. <laughs> and I'd shake my tail like it was a horse tail. <laughs> but they were surprised. I've had this voice since I could talk. I've had this <laughs> accent. Just picture this. Just a lot more nasal. <laughs> <laughs> the detective came and knocked on the door. And I said, is it Renee? And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Josh, I'm going to get into my topic, but it's so funny that you picked a volcano. I was worried we were going to pick something. I didn't pick volcano, (laughs) but I think our listeners are going to start thinking that we're in cahoots because mine has to deal with combustion, like (laughs) a volcano. But my topic... Listeners, if you are fearful of volcanoes now and you can't sleep tonight, what could make you not sleep worse than that? Take a seat. (laughs) Have you ever heard of people randomly blowing up? Yes. Spontaneous human combustion. Spontaneous human combustion. Me after Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I have for breakfast this morning. That explains Not sponsored by. (laughs) All right. So spontaneous human combustion. 
It's the phenomenon of a person suddenly bursting into flames without an external source of ignition. I was almost that way coming back from running errands just a little while ago between traffic and everybody being out. (laughs) Well, it's so scary to think about that just randomly you could catch on fire. And a lot of people are skeptical of it because so much of us is made of water. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't seem plausible that you could just randomly go from flames, especially with how quickly it happens. And how hot it burns. Yes. So the controversy over it is outstanding. There are a lot of people who don't believe it. There's a lot of skepticism and debate because of the lack of consistent and verifiable evidence over it happening. Right. So I picked some of my favorite cases. And I say favorite not because I love how they happen or anything like that. I just really think that they are really good examples of spontaneous human combustion that are unexplainable, strange, and a huge mystery where it doesn't seem like foul play was involved. And they're all linked, it seems, like they all have a similar pattern. I remember seeing like about it just pictures of someone's boots with char marks exactly most of the them. time their legs or feet and shoes are perfectly fine but their entire like body is incinerated yeah just because it burns so hot but like the entire house is fine like normally when you have a fire that hot like the whole room is calm it's just crazy to me an instant poof yeah it's just absolutely watch your crazy. blood pressure everybody Call, i know what's well, funny to funny about this to me is like Sometimes if I start to feel like, oh, I have an earache or something, I start to feel like I just am extra sensitive that day on how I feel about my entire body. Oh, does my knee hurt more You're more aware. Yeah. Yeah. But in this, I'm just like, am I going to explode today? (laughs) As if I'm not already a hypochondriac being in the shower tonight. Oh, God, is this the water getting hotter or is this me? Hope I don't explode. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the first case that I came across that seems like it is a legit case where no foul play is involved, that seems like a real good mystery. Her name was Countess Cornelia Bandy. This happened on the evening of April 14th, 1749. Ooh. Yeah. Long time ago. So... The countess was 62 years old. She was an Italian noblewoman, countess. That's old for back then. I know. She had dinner with her companion, Signora, and she had just had dinner in her room. After dinner, they both retired to separate rooms, and Signora was a female by companion. I think it was just like the type of female that does things with you and things like that. It's not like it was your significant other. The next morning on April 15th, when Signora went to check on the Countess, she found that the door was locked, which was very unusual. She was unable to get in, so she called for help from the servants. When they forced open the door, they discovered a horrifying scene. Countess Bandy's body had been reduced to a pile of ashes, with only her lower legs and three fingers on her left hand remaining, and they were intact, Josh. Gross. I know. And the slight smell of bacon in the air. (laughs) Well, there was a greasy substance that had covered the walls and the ceiling of the room, and there was a strong odor of burned flesh that was still filling the air. Like a bag of pork rinds when you first open them. Oh my gosh, I hate pork (laughs) rinds. That's absolutely disgusting. The floor around the ashes was covered in a greasy, glue-like substance. Strangely, the rest of the room appeared undamaged by the fire. Nearby objects, such as silver candlesticks, were found partially melted, but not consumed entirely by the fire. Good heavens. It does get hot. Yeah. The windows in the room were tightly shut, and there were no signs of external ignition sources i'm sitting here getting warmer i know (laughs) 
or any other cause of the fire. The exact cause of Countess Bandy's death remains a mystery. Some theories proposed at the time included ball lightning. So ball lightning, which just means a ball of lightning. Came and just struck her. and Yeah, you know how ball lightning works. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know her. Ball lightning. Or a rare chemical reaction within her body. However, these theories have not been conclusively proven. So they just really couldn't figure out what happened to her. Well, especially back then. They just probably looked around. Oh, I don't know what it is. And, And yeah, they just couldn't figure it out. Fast forward to 1951. On July 2nd of 1951, Mary Reeser, a 67-year-old widow living in an apartment in St. Petersburg, Florida, was being visited by her son, Dr. Richard Reeser. I don't like this. It's little old ladies I know. getting hurt. I don't I like know. it. <laughs> and that's basically it. The next one's a man. So okay, good. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm sure he deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> Before leaving, he noted that his mother was wearing a nightgown and had taken two secondal tablets to help her sleep. Get it, girl. I don't know what that is, but it sounds strong. <laughs> it, it's a sedative. Okay. She also was planning on smoking a cigarette before going to bed. So the son knew that she was about to smoke before she was going to go to bed. The next morning on July 3rd, Mary's landlady, Pansy Carpenter, went to deliver a telegram to her apartment. She found that the doorknob was too hot to touch, which prompted her to call the police. When they entered the apartment, police discovered the remains of Mary Reeser, which were almost completely incinerated. Her left foot, still wearing a slipper, was one of the few body parts that remained intact. Gross. I know. And this is one of the weirdest parts, Josh. Her skull was found in the ashes. Ugh. But has shrunken. <gasps> yeah. Some black magic <laughs> voodoo. <laughs> Which is highly unusual, but something that people have noticed in other cases of spontaneous human combustion. Oh. A shrunken skull. Which normally when you heat something up like that, it explodes, doesn't shrink. So it's Sounds very like unusual. Someone made a deal with a crossroads <laughs> demon and their ten years was up. Very well. <laughs> The area surrounding Reeser's body was relatively undamaged, with only a small section of the carpet burned, and a nearby plastic wall socket was melted. The rest of the apartment showed no signs of fire damage. A stack of newspapers were a few feet away, and they didn't catch fire. So it was hot enough to incinerate her body, but not hot enough to catch the newspapers on fire. It was probably just such a quick, like just a whoosh. Yeah. Investigators were puzzled by the extreme heat required to reduce a human body to ashes, which is typically around 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit for three or four hours. Sorry, we're in America. We don't do Celsius. (laughs) Right. However, the minimal damage to her apartment did not align with such high temperatures. Hmm. The FBI was called in to investigate the case. Their conclusion was that Mary Reeser's death was due to the wick effect in which her body fat ignited and burned like a candle, with her clothing acting like a wick. What the hell? I know. No one's ever mentioned that's a possibility. (laughs) (laughs) So So, I felt like that's something you need to teach people. Oh, by the way, kids, there's this thing called the wick effect. It's real messed up. Just be careful. Just FYI. So the FBI believed that Reese's cigarette may have ignited her nightgown, leading to the fire. They couldn't find anything that was flammable on her or in the area around in the apartment. So it's a big mystery. Don't smoke in bed. All right. And the next one is Michael is a man, Josh. Okay. Yes. Less sad. I'm sorry. (laughs) Little old ladies. That's, I know they've had long lives, but still heartbreaking. On December 22nd, 2010, Michael, a 76-year-old man, was alone at his home in Ballybane, a suburb of Galway City, Ireland. It was a typical winter evening, and Michael was spending his time indoors. On the morning of December 23rd, 
neighbors were awoken by the sound of an alarm and noticed smoke coming from his house. They couldn't get anyone to answer the door, so they contacted emergency services. When firefighters arrived at the scene, they found that the fire had been contained to the immediate vicinity around his body. He was found lying on his back in a burnt area on the living room floor. The rest of the room was largely undamaged, apart from a small section of the ceiling above his body and a slightly melted television set. There were no signs of a struggle or forced entry. No signs of an accelerant. Investigators noticed that an open fireplace was located in the room, but it was not the source of the fire. No accelerants were found at the scene, and the fire appeared to have originated from his body. The local coroner concluded that the cause of death was spontaneous human combustion. This marked the first time in Irish history that such a verdict was recorded. So this was the wick effect again. Okay. And this is a quote that I found from that coroner. This fire was thoroughly investigated, and I'm left with the conclusion that this fits into the category of spontaneous human combustion, for which there is no adequate explanation. Josh, skeptics of spontaneous human combustions argue that the open fireplace in the room may have played a role in igniting his clothing, leading to the fire. However, this theory does not explain the highly localized nature of the fire and and a lack of a clear ignition source. Like, we've lived around fires all of our life, and I've gotten fires to come up and hit my skin, but nothing's ever caught my skin on fire. Or my clothes. So And it would have spread to other parts of the room. It would have burned newspapers and... That's, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I'm slightly less afraid of it now because it seems to only happen to like the 60 plus ages or at least the stories you had. So I've got a couple decades till I'll start worrying about spontaneous human combustion. Yeah. (laughs) Although there's a few times at the grocery (laughs) store when someone's gotten me (laughs) heated. They notice that a lot of times the people who go through this are people who drink a lot most of the time they are elderly i'm good then they smoke a lot so those are three common characteristics okay that's just something that they have linked together but you also notice that a lot of them there's no one around when it happens Mm -hmm. so that's why there's a lot of skeptics who just don't fully believe that's what's going on because there's no why is it happening when no one's around to see it at night, like yeah. when they go to bed. Yeah, like why wouldn't, if you were going to spontaneous combust, why is it that it just only happens when people aren't around? That's how I go. I want to do it like near all of my enemies. <laughs> On the 4th of July, <laughs> around when there's a lot of people just... Put all, everybody I can't stand in a small little room oh and I'll, gosh. hey guys, y'all ha- feeling <laughs> warm this? in here? Because I am, bye. <laughs> I looked up and down to see if I could find any case of someone who there were witnesses of okay. when they ineously combusted. And I was able to find one. Ooh. And so that's what my unmasked topic's gonna be. Okay, about good. Yeah. I have some more I have some more fun facts about volcanoes and just a little bit more about Yellowstone and just some you know me, I love fun facts. Mm. I found some fun facts and yes. I have some pictures for you just to put oh, into perspective. Oh, I have a gift for you. Oh, well, thank you. I'm there nervous. You oh, thank you. It's a little thing for your phone. Oh, it's a little mystery ink wallet for my little phone. Oh, thank you, bub. I love it. Look at us. We got our faces on merchandise. <laughs> we have merchandise coming soon. Yes. And we're going to have our logo on it. It's a Yeti cup. With the mystery ink wrap, our logo of Shane and I in the Tesla. And mm-hmm. then it has... Jinkies and Jesus. It does, yeah. So I'm super excited about it. We will post photos of it as it's being because we're actually having someone make them locally for us. So once we have, uh, yeah. So once we have photos of it, we will post it on Patreon so our Patreon people can take a look at it, and we will, of course, let them be the first ones to purchase it. We didn't purchase a whole lot because we don't know what the demand of it will be. So I'm super, super excited to see it because I think it's going to look really cool. I'm excited. I'm going to, I want one. Just 
how often do you get to walk around town with your own mm-hmm. freaking cartoonized right. face on it? Oh, is that me? Mm. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, like now I need to dye my hair blonde again. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's getting there. Speaking of Patreon, Josh, I wanted to say that we have now 15 people who support us on Patreon. Well, thank you all. I know, which is super, I'm super, super duper proud of it because we are so new. And just to have 15 people who enjoy us enough that they want to donate money each month to keep our show going so that's super super cool yeah we god we started in december just three months ago (laughs) i know or when we are filming when we record this three months ago right and it's so fun too because as we become active on patreon we're able to comment back and forth with these people and share photos with them so like when we recorded today i took some photos i did too beforehand Mm -hmm. So we'll post those in there. So we like to do some behind the scene fun and post in there and communicate with people back and forth and talk about the episodes. And if you message us on our Patreon, we will message back and forth with you on there too. So it's a really fun community. And it's not like we we don't have a Facebook discussion group or anything. We are solely doing our discussion on Patreon, which mm-hmm. is super fun because the app is really nice to be able to communicate with everyone and also we get to mail them postcards that's my favorite i I love handwriting and being able to bring it out to the mail my handwriting is horrible those patreons that do listen i am sorry for my sloppy handwriting that's the straightest thing about me but i love (laughs) to do it (laughs) we got a message on patreon from one of our one of our patrons what's this say no it's because we mailed her a postcard overseas And so Leslie C. wrote us today, and she said, Hi, just wanted to say thank you for my postcard and Easter card. I appreciate it, especially being overseas. I'm really enjoying the podcast, especially the stories about your grandmother in Gettysburg. It feels like sitting down with two friends for a chat. Thank you, Leslie. That was very kind of you for you writing in. We appreciate it, and we appreciate you for being a patron. But yeah, so Josh, we really do enjoy writing those postcards and mailing them out to people. And I thought what we could also do that would be really fun, giving a shout out to our patrons when they start joining us in our community. So as something to do going forward, we would like to thank these people as just a little shout out. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So I'm just going to randomly pick people each time. And as new ones come forward, we'll give you a quick thank you. So a quick shout out to our new patrons, Tony B, Michelle P, who I know personally. I met her in Gatlinburg. Hey. Thank you, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Kathy K, Jennifer G, and Nicholas J. Hi, guys. Thank you for joining us on Patreon. Yes. And just so that everyone knows, I'm not going to use your last name. Just I just don't like to invade people's privacy. Right. Thank you guys for joining us on Patreon. What Josh and I decided to do was we like goals and we like to be able to set goals. And we know a lot of people are writing in asking why we don't go weekly. And we didn't think it would be this popular this quick. That and it's a lot of work because we're talking about an hour long recording (laughs) that we have to edit a little bit. And then we also have to create an unmasked episode. But we decided that our goal to reach in order to have us go weekly is to reach 100 Patreon followers. So once we hit 100, we will start going weekly. Yes. So that will be a fun fun goal to hit. So we're at 15, and we're trucking away to 100. So let's see how long it takes us to get there. Maybe by the end of the year. We'll try to make our goal before our one-year anniversary right. in December. There we go. <laughs> so we are active on Patreon, and like we've mentioned, we're posting photos from behind the scenes and our recordings So if you'd like to join our community on Patreon, I have a link to our Patreon on the show notes. Awesome. Yeah. And join us for Unmasked. Yeah. We're about to start the Unmasked episode, but before we do, if you enjoy spending time with us, would you leave us a review? You can do so. If you like the podcast. Yeah, if you do. If you don't. Just go about your day. (laughs) God bless. You can do it on Apple Podcasts or you can leave a rating on Spotify. And you can follow us on our socials, and I'll have all of that listed in the episode show notes. Well, great. 
All right, let's go ahead and get started on Unmasked. We'll see you guys later. Thank you for being a friend. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs>